of the Cleverly Changing Podcast. Our podcast is all about learning how to educate your kids. I'm one of the hosts, Elle Cole, and this is episode 41. In season three, we will be talking to experts in their field. Our guest today is Davina Hamilton, a journalist and author. She shares a bit about her journey to what led her into writing diverse children's books. Before we get into today's podcast, I wanted to talk to you about a project that I'm working on and I need your assistance. I partnered with Be The Match and the Sickle Cell Community Consortium to help increase the number of Black donors on their registry. Right now, there are over 22 million people on the registry but only 4% of them are Black. If you are a Black person with cancer or with a rare disease such as sickle cell disease or you are in need of a donor because of another rare disease, the person has only a 23% chance of finding a match if they are Black. Please take a few minutes and join the Be The Match registry. Visit join dot be the match dot org backslash s c three carly that's j o i n dot b e t h e m a t c h dot o r g backslash s is in sam c is in cat three C is in cat, A is in apple, R is in rat, L is in lion, E is in elephant, and Y is in yellow. To sign up to order a kit, it takes less than 10 minutes. And remember, your sample is 100% secure and confidential. So now let me tell you a little bit about who I am. I am an entrepreneur, mom to twin girls, And this podcast is not only for parents who homeschool their children, but it is for all parents who want to supplement their child's education. Our goal is to provide you with encouragement, insight about African history, and support as a parent and home educator. New episodes are uploaded bi-weekly. Please remember to subscribe and share. If you want to keep this podcast going, consider supporting it by donating via our Patreon page at a low monthly cost. We need these donations to keep the podcast going. So if this is a podcast that you value, tell your friends about it and please support. Today's African proverb is a baby on its mother's back does not know the way is long. It's now time for the word of the episode. Mahali Salama. It means safe place in Swahili. Make sure that your home It's always a safe place.
Welcome to another Cleverly Changing Podcast. This is season three. We are so excited that you are joining us again. The Cleverly Changing Podcast is a homeschool podcast, but it is not just for homeschoolers. It is for all parents who want to supplement their child's education. So today we have an exciting show for you. We have an author all the way from the UK. We have Sabina and she has a book series and she's going to introduce herself to you and tell you a little bit about who she is and what she does. Hi and thank you for having me. I am Davina Hamilton. Um, I am a children's author, uh, former journalist and mother of two. I have three books, Riley Can Be Anything, Riley Knows He Can and last week we released Ella Has a Plan. Um, you know, all books are out now. I'm very excited about all three of them, particularly the last one, which is our newest release. Um, and yeah, that's me. Well, thank you. Thank you for just making the time to join us. I am so excited to hear about Ella Has a Plan. So what was kind of your, your reason to put out, you had the Riley series and Ella is a new character that you're bringing out. Was there any inspiration on why you are sharing a new story about Ella? Um, in the second book, Riley Knows He Can, um, Ella was in that story. She is Riley's big sister. And um, she was integral to that story because she you know, helped Riley get over some fears. He was about to star in his first school play. He was really nervous about you know, taking on the starring role. And it was his big sister, Ella, who kind of, really told him to you know dig deep you can do it you can and because she was so um important in that story it just seemed like the natural next step to kind of give her the center stage in her in her own story so yeah that's why we now have ella has a plan awesome awesome so when you decided that you wanted to be an author a lot of times there's a thought that comes in and you share stories with your kids, but not all parents move from just having that thought to creating actual books for their children to hold in their hand. And you did. Can you kind of share how you went from the thought to actually having a tangible book for your kids to hold? Um, I, I think my uh, journalism career kind of was really spearheaded it because I worked for um, Britain's biggest black newspaper which is the Voice newspaper and I think having been so you know connected with issues facing the the black community um, it was that was kind of something that was already just embedded in me in terms of how to how to best represent our community how to try and break some of the stereotypes um, that face it's particularly black boys. Um, you know, there were a lot of there was a lot of um, news at the time about the exclusion rates of, of black boys in schools, and so I think it probably stemmed from there. And then being a mother myself, I have a daughter and a son. I think that those things kind of came together, and that's what made me decide to write stories that um, you know put black characters front and center to just show positive representations of, of black culture and black identity because I think you know so often we get misrepresented um, or you know poorly represented there are so many negative stereotypes that can 
that, that exist or you know have existed about our community so yeah i wanted to just offer a slice of positivity of, of black identity and you know being a black mother with black children it just seemed it stood to reason that i would create books with black characters yes so the book that i really loved that really made a difference to me was riley can be anything and what i loved about it is it talks about riley and it it brings out a character who is his cousin joe mm -hmm. and i think it's so important in our black experience as a community of people who often you know, are very close to their cousins and their extended family. They're just, it's just a different type of culture, um, but it's something that is very important. And I noticed that close bond between Riley and his cousin. Was there any, um, what was the inspiration to kind of bring out that relationship? Well, Riley um, is my son at, and he, uh, my nephew uh, is, you know, cousin Joe, that was, that was the inspiration. They do have a very close bond. And, um, you know, Riley was often asking his cousin questions and his cousin was often there for, you know, offering guidance to him. And so, yeah, it was very authentic because it was based on a real life relationship. And so it kind of seemed very natural to just put that in book form. And um, funnily enough, a, a couple of weeks ago, I was speaking to a reviewer and she said of Cousin Joe, wow, Cousin Joe, he's a real one. And I really like that. It meant a lot to me because, you know, it, it reflected what a lot of people have said that Cousin Joe resonated with them because he was just there. You know, you had these two black boys, you know, the big cousin guiding the little cousin and basically just telling him that he can be anything. And that that seemed to resonate with a lot of people. And that meant a lot to me that it did have that impact, particularly because it, you know, it was inspired by a, a very real life relationship. So yeah, it came from real life. So it's something about that story that just really touches me because when you think about some people's introduction to black families is often from Hollywood. And many times Hollywood shares stories where a black person succeeds because they're going against the grain, they're going against what they see in their own community. And there's a negative situation in their community that they're fighting against. Mm -hmm. But that is not every Black person's story. And often that is not the common story, but mm -hmm. that is common in Hollywood, but just not in reality. And Riley has a cousin who is doing well and that is typical in the black community where we have role models in our own community who are doing what they're supposed to and so that really just that positive image really stood out to me that you were able to to share that and i think it's important because it's not just important for children of color to see that particular image it's important for all children to see that there are all different types of families and this is how we work together so I just really liked that you were sharing that sort of family dynamic. Thank you. That was really very important to just kind of offer, uh, you know, a you know positive representation of black identity. And, you know, not only is it positive, like you say, it's real, you know, that's the reality for so many people, you know, so many individuals, so many black families. So again, the kind of this idea of, you know, triumph over um, 
tragedy or triumph over trials. It's, you know, it, it's, it can be part of our story just because it can be part of any family story, but yeah, you know, success and um, aspiration is, is equally part of our story. And so that I just wanted to kind of offer a slice of that reality, something that was positive. Um, you know, Riley has many role models in his own family and that was what you know joe was able to draw on draw on he was you know able to say look at this uncle look at this uncle look at our great granddad you know they all achieve things and because they could be anything he too can be anything so that was most definitely my aim to just offer a slice of very real and positive representation of our community yes you you mentioned that you're a mom and one of the hardest things about parenting children of color is that society and the world at large often tell children of color that they're less than, that they're, they have to work twice as hard because, you know, we have a system against this. Like you just hear all these negative perspectives. Mm -hmm. How do you help kind of change that narrative for your children? It's a difficult one, isn't it? I mean, it's something that, you know, as my children have got older, I had to kind of walk that fine line between giving them, <laughs> giving them the talk, I guess, you know, in terms of the certain realities they may well face in life, but also wanting to protect their innocence. And I think that, um, I think, to be honest, I've kind of veered more towards the latter in terms of trying to, um, you know, not keep them innocent in terms of naive, but just kind of, I, I want them to feel inspired. I feel if we can kind of give our children a sense of aspiration and a sense of self-belief and self-confidence, I think that will perhaps drive them further rather than kind of burdening them with the this might happen, this might happen. I think there has to, you know, there has to be a balance. You don't want kids to be kind of, um, you know, you don't want them to have to learn things the hard way. So you do have to have the talk at some stage, but I definitely think that it's important to kind of try and instill in them the sense of self-confidence that you are as good as anybody else. You know, we don't want the hang-ups of yesteryear where we're necessarily telling our children that they, they have to be twice as good and they have to be twice as that, you know, just work hard, just work hard as everybody else do your very best, believe in yourself. And, um, you know, I think certain realities will become their realities at some, some stage in life. But I think if we, if we armor them with that sense of confidence and self belief, rather than giving them kind of hang ups and burdens, I think it will push them further and, you know, make them more, steely and robust in terms of having to deal with any of the issues that may come but most definitely um self-belief and positive imagery to let them believe in who they are not have any hang-ups about their identity i think that is very much i think that's integral to the way we move forward i agree with you 100 percent. i think you know when you think about just being confident and building your own personal confidence it's you don't have to worry about the negative to know who you are mm -hmm. when you know who you are you're able to easily filter out things that don't fit that that um fit what you know mm -hmm. and so i think what you just mentioned is just so important teach kids who they are mm -hmm. and they'll be able to achieve great things because they're not so worried about anything else they already know mm -hmm. so 
I just think that's important that you just shared what you just shared with us. And your books are so positive and they really help to instill positive messages from an early age. And I think that's what we have to do as parents. We have to give kids that sort of peek into you know, who they are by showing them books with characters that look like them. Mm -hmm. And all three of your books are very multicultural and are very diverse. Can you kind of um, just share why you decided to create diverse books? Of course, you had kids and, um, but were there, like when you came up with the idea of how the characters were, were, would look, were there any particular thoughts that you were really set on saying, I need a character maybe with a hairstyle like this or anything like, like, did you come up with really specific things that you wanted to portray in your books? I did, yeah. I think, um, I think the, the newest book, actually, Ella Has a Plan, is what really kind of, <laughs> I really wanted to kind of push, you know, push it in terms of, um, our identity so that is where I really made the effort to um to, to um you know reflect different hairstyles um you know different cultural nuances you know people have noted that the food in the in the story is um you know you've got different Caribbean delicacies on the table and people have noted the women's hairstyles the girls hairstyles so yeah definitely there were things that I wanted to incorporate in terms of imagery because you know even within our own community we're so diverse aren't we and I think it was just important to try and reflect that in all its glory um so and again it's just when it comes from a place of understanding it's not something that requires a lot of thought you know I only had to look at my own daughter and how I would you know do her hair at times my own family the way in which we you know style our hair and the food we eat it's just it comes you know when it comes from what you know and how you've grown it's very authentic so so yeah coming from a place of um of of what was natural to me yeah I just reflected what I saw what I know um and yeah that's really how it came to life did you face any hurdles or pushback when you decided to come up with your first book Riley can be anything uh no, no I mean only in the initial stages because it was a journey that was so new to me um you know it was my first book it was my first foray into literature so I um I went the route of having written the story and having the story illustrated I went down the route of contacting literary agents to see if anybody would be interested in the story um and you know unfortunately it was uh thank you but no thank you or it's you know not really what we're looking for right now or the timing's not great and so on and so on so yeah that was the initial push pushback and that kind of left us in a place of well you know what do we do now there was no big publisher coming to snap me up so it was just a case of well what do we do so we decided to take the independent route so that's what you know my husband and I did and I'm very grateful that he most definitely believed in the story and so he decided that um let's just do this independently so that's exactly what we did we put the first book out independently and um that's really what makes the journey all the more um brilliant really it's the fact that it's something that's been done independently and we've kind of seen it go from strength to strength and um i'm just really proud of what we have achieved and that's why now i continue to be somebody who really champions independent stories because there are just so many great storytellers out there who are putting their stories out there and i think there are a lot of stories that deserve to to be seen um so yeah in terms of facing that pushback it just kind of gave us more drive to to do our own thing and um and here we are 
Yes, absolutely. And I just want to just throw this out there that you producing your book has been a true testament to me and it was inspiration. I saw that you created your book and it was just brilliant. And I had a book that I had, I had wanted to write books for years and I had never just done it. And when I saw your book, it did put in my mind the idea that you can too become an author. You can produce your book. And I think that sometimes it's not just the books that we create are the product that we put out there. It's also the journey and the process mm -hmm. that other people can learn from as well. And so we never know who's watching. And so <laughs> I wanted to just say thank you because it was definitely inspiration to me. And when, you know, when I was in college, it was everybody creating that traditional path of publishing, going through a publishing company, but the world is so different now and anybody can be a publisher, but there, what I love about independent publishers, it's not just that they're just putting out anything, it's they're putting out really great books mm -hmm. that look like they were, you know, um, backed by big publishing companies. So you don't sacrifice quality for any, you don't sacrifice quality at all. You still get a very quality, a very good book that people can hold um, that's tangible. So I just want to say thank you because you really helped set the bar, so to speak, in the independent publishing world. Thank you. That really, really means a lot. Thank you. So one of the things that I am wondering do your kids because you know mom and dad are helping out and you know working together to produce books do they also want to become authors it's hard to say it's probably too early to say but i know that my daughter um i can only assume that she's um she's been inspired because she definitely likes to write she's um got so many <laughs> mini manuscripts all over the house um with different stories that she's she's written so it's definitely something she enjoys whether it's something she'll pursue as a career only time will tell but yeah she definitely enjoys writing um I think that we're just a we're a book loving family because if you know if she's not writing she's reading so yeah we'll see time will tell okay awesome awesome time will tell and you never know so do you have um can you kind of share with us what your favorite book to read to your kids was when they were little? Um, one that definitely sticks out is a book called Love Thy Fro, which I was um, gifted while I was still in my journalism job. And um, it's by a British author called Casey Alicia. And um, as the title would suggest, it's about a, a girl who loves her Afro. Um, she, you know, it just charts the different styles that she could do with her, her beautiful curly hair from, you know, braids to just, you know, the big fro. Um, and it just, I think it just meant a lot at a time when my daughter was still, you know, quite, well, she is still quite young, but when she was younger and, you know, you just become more experimental with your hair, it was just something that was nice to, to turn to, to be able to show that, yeah, you know, we can do so many different things with our, with our hair. So yeah, that was definitely a firm favorite for me um, when it came out a few years ago. Um, wow, other than that, just so many to mention. She likes 
Ada Twist scientist. Um, and now that she's a little bit older, she's at the chapter books phase now and she's crazy about um, Ruby Booker, the Ruby Booker series by yes. Derek Barnes. So yeah, she's definitely going through her. It's nice to see the transition as she's getting older and um, tapping into these different books. So yeah, they are, they have been and are some of her favorites. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing those with us. I know as a mom of two girls, I definitely um, just, I'm always looking for books that they can, I can share with them. And um, I think that you shared some really great titles and I want people to know, look, check out Ella has a plan, get the book, gift the book, you know, <laughs> when you're going to maybe a baby shower or just so many different things, um, get books, make great gifts, not just for the person, you know, because they can keep them as a keepsake, but they can also re-gift them later. Books are something that people can hold on to for a long time. And so I think books are things that it's a gift that keeps on giving. So I encourage people to get all three of your books. Riley can be anything. Riley knows he can. And also Ella has a plan. Can you tell everybody where they can go to get the books and connect with you? All the books are available on Amazon. So that's probably the, you know, the, the easiest place to, to find them um, in terms of finding out any more about me my website is davinahamilton.com that should tell you everything you need to know yes yes so everybody i will put links to davina's books all three of them i'm going to put links into the show notes so check out the books definitely purchase them and support and um, I just want to thank you for making time today to share the whole thought process and the whole process of becoming an author with the Cleverly Changing audience. So we appreciate you. We appreciate your time. And thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. All right.